KXRN LP. Laguna Niguel, Laguna Beach. Beach. Member supported KXFM on 104.7. KXFMRadio.org. This disclaimer is a statement notifying listening audiences that any opinions expressed on our shows are not representative of Laguna Radio Inc., its management, or its board of directors. Hello, this is Craig at KXFM 104.7 Human Crafted Radio. I'm here every Saturday at 9 a.m. with Rainbow Radio, where we discuss the latest news on LGBTQ interests and discuss on this day in history. Every week I have a special guest and we have interviews. Interviews again, Rainbow Radio, Craig, every Saturday.
Good morning. This is Craig. Oh, my. Craig, KXFM 104.7 and Laguna Beach's only FM radio here. I'm here with Alex. I have a special guest. Before we do that, though, we have to do what we always do every Saturday morning. And that is get through a few things like the weather. Because, you know, I recognize that sometimes the only thing people really want to know is the weather. Because their day is so bad. (laughs) So (laughs) we'll celebrate those that just need the weather. It's going to be a high blistering 71 degrees today that's not bad at all sunshine and clouds mixed near record high temperatures what (laughs) near record high temperatures really (laughs) high is 71 humidity 80 percent so we'll stay beautiful all day and uh let's see let's look at the week ahead um well let's see it's kind of a repeat it's like a xerox copy all the way through partly cloudy tomorrow Partly cloudy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. All the temperatures are in the 70s. Actually, they get up to 78 degrees. But, you know, it's still a, a great beach day to go out and see our lovely rainbow radio, rainbow radio, no, rainbow lifeguard tower, the Tower of Diversity, as we call it. Yes. So if you've tuned in today because you've heard that I have a special guest on, you are very correct. And. <laughs> I know his name is Alex, and I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, so we're going to do a microphone check with him and see if he can help me out. Mohajer. Oh, let's see. Turn it on. How about that? It, it's, it's Mohajer, so it's, I, I can understand. It's not super easy. Well, if, you, if, you're, <laughs> uh, if you're of the Spanish dialect, you'd probably call it Mohajer. And many people have. Oh, <laughs> so it's Mo. Well, I kind of thought it was Mohager. Yeah, that's that you would could, be the correct. Pronoun. You could almost think it's French Mohager. Yeah, it's Farsi, and it means immigrant. Really? Yes. How appropriate! I know. I know. It's true. <laughs> well, if you live under a rock, you don't. You probably don't know that Alex is a candidate for California State Senate. District 37, which is changing, I need to warn everyone, it it did include Laguna Beach, but no longer does, but includes a lot of uh, communities nearby. And Alex has stepped up to the plate, uh, representing Orange County since 1921. He has served as president of the Stonewall Democrats. We've got to know lots about that one. (laughs) One of the nation's oldest LGBTQ plus political advocacy organizations. If elected, if elected, this is the biggie. He will be the first LGBTQ plus legislator elected to Orange County. Yay! And the, and the first openly gay Iranian man elected anywhere, anywhere in the world. How about that? I am so behind this guy. Uh, you have no idea. So uh, there's lots to ask. As a matter of fact, there's some news that kind of uh, goes back to uh, Alex's background and... Um, I will say, having had some dear Iranian friends, Bahram Salur, was, uh, he was a prince, actually, and, and I feel a close kinship to the Iranian culture, and, um, and even though their president has said, <laughs> we have no gays here, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. apparently he may be incorrect. <laughs> what do you think, Alex? <laughs> Well, you know, we're everywhere, and <laughs> can't, you can't get rid of us, so, yeah. It's like those pesky house ants that live under your house. They always come back. You can't get rid of them. <laughs> no. I think no. that's part of why being an openly gay Iranian candidate here in the U.S. is is such a big deal, because our community has a, you know, comes from a place where their leadership wants to deny our existence at all, so... 
it's been really um, powerful and empowering to be this representative yeah. for the community. Yeah, when we think we have it rough here, get a little closer to your mic when sure. you talk, yeah, or bring it up. Uh, when when we think we have it rough here, we could always uh, think again. <laughs> yeah, and think about Iran and these other countries, and particularly what's going on in um, Ghana this this week, and the legislatures that are. One of our evangelical Christian people went there about in 2009, I believe. They started going there to share their rhetoric, hateful rhetoric, uh, uh, in religion, and that's kind of festered and grown and over the years. And uh, now there's the same cause as before the legislature in uh, several uh, African East or West African countries and making it uh, illegal to be gay. You can be killed, and if you so much as support gays, you can go to jail for three years for even mentioning it. You think you have it bad in in Florida. (laughs) Try some of those countries. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we can can recognize that for LGBTQ people, this is the best country in the world to, well, you know, there are some European countries that are fairly progressive, but this is a great place to be. And at the same time, acknowledge that our community's rights are under active assault. So I think, you know, we, we have to recognize that because we have to protect those rights and freedoms. That's also, also just obviously a really big part of why I'm doing this. Yeah. What's happening now is, is kind of scary. I don't know if you, how you've looked, you appear younger you might not remember the Briggs Craig. Initiative. <laughs> Thank you so much. Stop. Checks in the mail. Oh, please. <laughs> um, the, the Nita Bryant era and the Briggs Initiative, when they all tried to get the teachers out of school because if they, were, they had a sexual preference towards the same sex. I mean, every teacher has a sexual preference if you want to look at it like that, right? Well, I mean, ultimately, we're seeing versions of that happen now. You know, school boards and school yeah. districts are under attack by people who are trying to root out any kind of representation for LGBTQ people, banning pride flags, banning books. I think it's a really scary time for our community yeah. right now. And and we need to be really out in full force. Well, um, I think there's a lot, a lot of support behind you. I've gotten a lot of... Um a lot of response already on social media. I, the reason I bring up Briggs Initiative and all those things that happened, that I feel like it's happening again. Right. And I thought it went away. Right. You know, I thought, oh, this is good. but <laughs> And now there's a, a rekindling of it. It's just kind of like, I, I think it's like rebel without a cause. There's all these people out there that want to have a cause to get excited about something. And this is something they can understand and, and relate to because, you know, they saw a, a faggot at some event and said oh that's the enemy you know and um they don't realize that we're doing their heart surgeries and um a few other things you know that are important right i mean it's including legislature yep yeah and it's it's a really reactionary but vocal minority and i just think that that very reactionary vocal minority can do a lot of damage if we are not meeting the moment right now and coming in, protecting these spaces, protecting school boards and school districts, protecting our cities. You know, just here in Orange County, the Board of Supervisors just voted to ban the pride flag, which yeah. I was shocked about. You know, it's a flag. It's a it's a symbol of inclusion and equity. And the fact that yeah. they would take that step just to placate this vocal minority is exactly 
the problem. Yeah. We, we really need our legislators. We need our elected officials to be standing up for what's right. Very well said. I appreciate that. I, uh, I, we just got a lifeguard tower here with rainbow colors on it, and there were people saying that it, it's all about telling, saying that this is the gay beach and no one else is welcome. And I said, no. We tried to, tried to make that distinction that the rainbow colors are about inclusion and accepting diversity and those are very powerful things and so it stands down there on the beach i hope it's not misinterpreted because uh it when kids still today get thrown out of their homes for being gay Mm -hmm. become homeless Mm -hmm. when there's a very high percentage of suicide with lgbtq it's Mm -hmm. almost twice and there's um a very uh what's what was the other (laughs) So when they're marginalized and they feel unsafe, the message there is that here's, here's a safe place you can go and enjoy people of, that are all people that are welcome. And I want to say that, again, that that it, um, signifies to me that everyone is welcome on that beach. It's not just, and that you're safe on that beach. And I have to say, I have to put my hats off to Sue Kempf and uh, a few other people on the city council, Bob Whalen. Everyone voted unanimously to, to let us have that there. And so they, under, they understand what this message is, unlike I feel in other locations where they might understand, but they want to uh, pull back to the people that are being so vocal about it, unfortunately. So that's on the big picture. But let's more, more about you. <laughs> You've um, lived here in Orange County for most of your life. Is that right? I was born and raised here. I was born and raised in Irvine. My, oh, my God. My mom immigrated here from Iran in the the late 1970s uh, to sort of escape what was happening there and to give her kids the opportunities that she didn't have. Yeah. And she is a single mom of four uh, who spoke barely in, any English but worked multiple jobs, went to school at night just to put food on the table and to live in a community with access to good public schools. So grew up in Irvine. We shared a tiny little apartment. Uh, I went to graduated from University High and then went to Irvine Valley College when my family couldn't afford to send me to college right away. Yeah, was your just your mom? Were you just a me, single parent? Just, yeah, just my mom and um, no siblings. I have I have two brothers. Did my mic just get out? I can't hear myself. Anymore. Oh no, so it's it's the, it's the headphones probably jack. Yeah. What it is? But uh, yeah, I have two brothers and a sister, and and yeah, we just grew up here in Irvine, and and it was a beautiful, idyllic childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So you knew. So that was your, that's your uh, world, and, and other people. What probably I, I now I'm getting negative, but probably saying, well, go back where you came from. You know, some of that that ugly attitude. You know, we all came from somewhere. Sorry, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a little French and English, but don't hold it against me. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, no. <laughs> we actually have a large diaspora of Iranians here in in California. We have the largest community of Iranians outside of Iran, right here in Southern California. Yeah. So, a lot of uh, Iranian folks. So, so um, the. Um, I'm going to grab Alex a new set of headphones. <laughs> it's uh, it's working. It's just cutting in and out a bit. Oh, it's, I can't. I can't have you suffer. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you weren't always involved in politics. Let's. I, you know, I find this really interesting. Uh, the um, 
Stonewall and um, Stonewall Democratic since 2021. Yeah, the Stonewall Democrats. And you served as president. Where is it based? Is it based here? We are based in Los Angeles, but we kind of represent, you know, all of Southern California. Okay. Um, the, um, what was I going to say? So, I, you know, when I hear Stonewall, I think of the East Coast organization. It's actually the very first Stonewall Democratic uh, Club in the country was founded right here in Los Angeles in 1975. Well, why didn't they, I, I, I'm sorry, I hate when they use someone from somewhere. We have quite a heritage ourselves. Right, we do. And yeah. we had, the, we had the, the police protest at the Black Cat Tavern. Yeah, exactly. And here in Laguna Beach has a strong and proud history of LGBTQ yes, um, indeed. involvement and activism. But uh, they wanted they they felt that the name Stonewall was the language of liberation. It had sparked a a an, a movement across the country, and so they wanted to to um, say that that language of liberation we're going to bring it into electoral politics. And actually, the Stonewall Democrats here in California were responsible for adopting the gay rights plank into the California Democratic Party. So our state's history of linking LGBTQ politics to Democratic Party, the Democratic Party platform started with this organization, the Stonewall Democrats, back in the 1970s. Well, apparently it was a good idea to use that name for that recognition and that that attitude, I guess, about being um, out there and and willing to do something. Like Stonewall is really, that's the message I get from from Stonewall. And so as president there... What did, what was your background and how was that experience? And you're you're not you're not president now. Or I'm you, president for a couple more weeks. My term. Oh, will really? End. Yeah, my term will end at the end of July. There's going to be a heck of a party. We're going to have a little <laughs> election night party for the next uh, for the next president coming in, and and yeah, and then I'll serve as the president emeritus. So I'll stay on their executive board as their as their grandfatherly figure for yeah. a couple of years, but. Yeah, it's been a really wild ride. It is one of the more powerful democratic clubs in the state. We do endorsements and we train elected future LGBTQ politicians and we have community programs and philanthropy efforts and we do get out the vote drives and we do activists, um, activist outreach and protests. And it's a pretty um, powerful organization. So we had never had uh a millennial run that organization so it it was pretty much an institution (laughs) when i arrived and i came in saying you know even our lgbtq spaces need to be more inclusive we have a lot of work to do because we have a huge community of lgbtq people and we haven't necessarily done enough to enfranchise people into our movement and we're seeing that bear bear out now right we were seeing this come to bear is we thought with marriage equality, the fight was over, but there's really so much work to still do. And we've got to bring in our community and really build coalitions with each other and enfranchise people who haven't been traditionally represented in the LGBTQ movement. You know, I will attest to how easy it is to feel comfortable and not pay attention to what's going on out there. And having started the program here for, it's been about six years now, I started reading the news, particularly LGBTQ news, to, so I could be informed on this, on the air. And uh, then I started reading it globally. And, you know, it's astonishing how much out there that is needs that I feel needs attention. 
and in a big way and in an often in certain circumstances it's life-threatening and very destructive unfortunately so uh it's i folks out there that you if you're not aware there's a lot of work out there that alex is is talking about that needs to be done and um it's it it's takes i hate to say it takes time because well i, I have this too change is always here and change is about us so the certainty of change i feel brings the certainty of opportunity which sounds like stonewall uh, along came this change called alex and here there's all new opportunities for them to be more proactive in the community and do things more for the lgbt community than perhaps they traditionally had that's what that's my interpretation <laughs> yeah and also <laughs> you don't probably don't want to tout too much but well, you know be modest about it but yeah it was a it was a a team effort. It's a lot of people like it was yes. really not about me, but I came in representing a, a large group of people and, and we've been working on that change together. And even our 48 year old institutions sometimes need a kick in the pants and a little <laughs> bit of uh, a new course. So I'm really proud of the work that we've done there. And we brought in, we have the most diverse board in our 48 year history. Now oh. we've done a lot of work in the community and so I'm proud of the work that we did at Stonewall and, um, and you know, we, we endorsed 124 candidates in the last election cycle and more than 30% of them were LGBTQ. So then we, we launched a direct mail program that was really um, uh, meant, at, meant to bolster those candidates and support them and get them across the finish line. So we're really proud of the work we've done there. All right. Uh, um. I, one thing I I, um, I want to add, it's not, <laughs> I've had some people solicit some questions for you. Oh, I love it. <laughs> bring on the questions. And, rather, and I, I think it's important for us to get down into the weeds a little bit okay. about some causes that, that might be, people might be concerned about. Okay. And, and, and such. Um, but before I ask, uh, uh, you know, if you have a thoughts on some of these questions, what are you, what is number one priority for you having coming in and, you know, I guess see some history here in the county being that you've been born and raised here and understand it very well, the culture. What is like number one on your, your list? Well, I've got number one is climate change, but I've got really the top three things I care about. Climate change, economic policies that benefit working class families, and healthcare and mental health healthcare access. I think these are three top priorities for us, not just in the county, but in the state. So now is being gay any different than anyone else when, the, when you have the same priorities as about everyone else? Well, <laughs> that's the beautiful thing of environmental, economic, social justice. When we have policies that are good policies that benefit working class families, they also benefit LGBTQ people because that's yes. a part of making sure marginalized communities in these spaces are represented and have policies that represent them and have justice. Uh, both environmental policy and economic policy that we know that marginalized groups stand to benefit from those um, initiatives. So as a part of all three of my top priorities, centering marginalized communities is the undercurrent of all of them. We want to make sure that those underrepresented communities have access to things like healthcare, have access to things like affordable housing and, and good living wages. And we know that 
climate change actually affects marginalized communities most and that there are disadvantaged communities that suffer the bear the brunt of the consequences. So it's not exclusively about benefiting LGBTQ. No. It's but, all marginalized communities. But marginalized <laughs> communities will it's, always stand to benefit from good policy and yeah. and centering those communities as we look at that policy is going to be really important. Well, well, um, I'm, before I ask Alex is big, we're going to have a, a, a real short music break here. If I, if I can get my tech, you see there, there's, I'm the tech, also the announcer. So sometimes you're doing great, Greg, <laughs> you're doing great. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs>
This is Craig on KXFM 104.7. I'm back here with Alex Mohajer. Hey, you did it right. <laughs> Who is running for California Assembly. And before I go any further, though, I want to give a shout out to my dear cousin, Michelle. Hey, Michelle. <laughs> Alex says hi as well. And Seth, who are up in Siskiyou County listening as we talk. Oh, well. Yeah, that's, a, that's not your... your your area but you know <laughs> that's where i grew up oh, wow. speaking of where i grew up <laughs> in wairika <laughs> oh wow i bet it was very beautiful oh well it had its its moments uh-huh. i never thought growing up there that i would be uh, in a beach city in southern california on the radio mm-hmm. later years when i quite honestly when i found my dad's uh, 22 pistol in his pickup and everything seemed like i needed to use it and it was a really bad day mm-hmm. and I decided, well, maybe I'll just put it off and think differently. That's probably news to Michelle, but it wasn't easy, you know, and and I never... So I'll put that message out there for others that are listening. There is hope, and lots of it, and things get better. Heck, I can't use that other word. A lot better. So hang in there, folks. If If you're struggling, or call 988. That's something else you can do. 988, if you need help with issues that you feel are too personal to share with others, you can get a a good voice there to listen to you at 988. Anyway, I go on. So um, thanks for tuning in, Michelle and Seth. Now we're back to Alex, and I got to say, he is my guest this week, but I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about my next guest, which is coming in August, which is UCI, uh, University... UC, what's that stand for? UCI? Yeah. University of <laughs> California, Irvine. Irvine, yes. So, and, and it's Daniel Moratti. Moretti. Boy, I'm, I'm really good with these names. He is a community engagement lead, and he has his own story about the medical concerns that Alex even touched on a little bit and the, the LGBTQ community. So, we're going full circle here at KXFM 104 with, with our information. So, um... I promised before we took the break that we would talk about some questions that uh, were brought before me. And one of them was about tenant rights. Are they strong enough in the community uh, on the tale of being evicted or if you're gay and you, I suppose, oh, we don't want that element in our in our facility. Yeah, no, I, I, I am very concerned about a couple things here in Orange County with regards to renters' rights. Mostly, people don't realize that the largest growing population of unhoused people in Orange County is actually senior citizens because they're getting priced out of living here. They don't have strong wages. Uh I'm very worried that this is going to continue to be a problem that affects our seniors and differently abled people. So any kind of tenant rights that don't protect people uh, from discrimination is a problem we're going to address. But also, we need to make sure that people aren't being evicted from their homes and that we have affordable housing in this county. We have a large community of working class people, and it's become harder and harder to afford to live here because of rising costs and stagnant wages and a lack yeah. of affordable housing. And that affects seniors and differently able people. And, and um, Well, housing affects, is affecting every demographic. Sure. And I'm, I've got to toss, I'm, I'm going to impose myself on you here a Please little bit, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that there's, uh, you know, I always go back to the Reagan era when when housing was, a lot of people were put out on the street. And 80% of the people on the street really needed to be, insti- they can take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And they were there and, and put out there and ignored because 
I guess it was fiscally the right thing to do, mm-hmm. save money. And but I think today the difference of the of that is that eighty percent of the it's it's twenty percent of the people need help. Mm-hmm. The other eighty percent are people that just can't the hell afford to have an apartment or a house. Yep. And and it's it, it, it's been priced out. And it, there's some you know the the former generation's model is. You buy your house, you and and you and you've subscribed to many things that the younger culture does not subscribe to. That model of a, of a half a million dollar starter home is not what they want, or an eighty, ninety, or hundred thousand dollar SUV is not what they want. Mm-hmm. They want to go to Japan and ski. <laughs> they want to explore the castles of Europe, or or a multitude of other things that are more important than having an expensive home and an expensive car. I will say, I, I, I think you're referring to the millennials here. Yes. And I'll say that our millennials want to own homes. Our, our generation just can't afford them. They're, it's it's well, so that, not possible. So there comes the tiny home. Yeah. They don't want the big McMansion. Well, right. Yeah, but there's not a huge tiny home inventory no, either. No, and that's a problem. And I, I think, I think there's a pent up uh, amount of people just out of college, mm-hmm. and they got college debt, or they're not out of college, but they they don't have a place to live. They're working a regular job. They're living with their parents. They're living with friends. They're living in living situations, and one or two paychecks they miss because they got laid off, or their medical whatever uh, baby comes along, whatever. And they're living in their RVs and their cars, and they're on the street. And most, they don't... most of the unhoused people in Orange County work full time jobs. That's a tough yeah. Pill so to they're swallow yeah. That's a good one. We would like to say that um, it's because of drug and alcohol addiction or because of mental illness. Most of the unhoused people in Orange County work full time jobs and just that's amazing. can't afford to that's, live anywhere. And that's just not right. That's I, just not right. I don't know what. The formula is, and I look out there and I see so many vast, empty spaces that, uh, and I don't mean the canyon, folks, because we want to preserve Laguna Canyon as a space for everyone. But you go out uh, in California, there's so much undeveloped real estate. But why, why isn't there some housing that's affordable in some of these locations? You know, we need to bolster up affordable housing units throughout the county because that's going to solve so many problems yeah but we also have to make sure that people can afford to live here that kids who grow up here can actually afford to live homes once they can i grew up here my you know my entire generation i don't know a lot of people who are able to buy homes here in orange county and um, a lot of my friends can't afford to buy and you know that's a problem but i think this affects really vulnerable communities the most and people that I'm worried about. My mom is a senior citizen now. She's worried about making ends meet here. Absolutely. And one of my best friend's parents are all coming into their 70s now and and I'm worried about them. I'm worried about whether or not Medi-Cal meets all their needs. I'm worried about whether Social Security meets all of their needs. And but, you know, I'm they shouldn't. Sure in, in, the, in the best of situations, they shouldn't have to depend on those, those services. They should have they should have be in, a, in an environment where things were a bit more affordable for some reason. You know, I, I, th- here's an example of why I think there's a lot of pent-up um, market there for a tiny home and some affordable housing that people would be willing to pay money for it. But no one is, seems to be accommodating that uh, need that if they want to build something, it's going to be a high-rise apartment community where you have first and last month's rent you got to pay, and uh, and it, there's three thousand dollars right there, and then your first uh, 
and then your deposit. So you're, it's, you know, to get into a place, it's thousands and thousands of dollars just, just to move in, let alone pay the rent of three or $4,000 a month. So what happened recently that I think is a barometer, someone posted on social media that Home Depot came out with a tiny home. Oh, yes. Yeah. Someone just told me about this yesterday. <laughs> That's so funny. And it, 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 brought, practic- well, it brought down some of the web service because there was such a high demand. And they thought, was unfortunately, it was just a sh- a shell of a of a home, mm-hmm. and you could you could op- put your options in it, and I think it was like forty thousand dollars was, and everyone got excited about it. So everyone go p- buy your plot of lands now. <laughs> well, and another issue um, I know in in Palm Springs uh, there was a trailer park, and they said, well, let's put tiny homes. I'm going to buy several trailer parks that are suffering. I'll I'll clean them up. And we'll allow people to build, put their tiny homes on these lots. Well, that wasn't going to happen. Oh, no. What is a tiny home? It's not built here. Who builds this? We can't have it come in. And, I mean, all the regulations and all the stuff that got in the way, the guy gave up. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's a, that's a, a rotten shame. Mm-hmm. A change should be accommodated on some levels, I, I feel like. But then I go on and on. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. so housing is an issue, and, and there's no real simple, quick solution. That's for sure. Um, and and but I, I and the other thing that comes to mind, Alex, is what? Do, what you're running for Senate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this this idea, <laughs> where did this come from? To run for California State Senate? Yeah. I last September. Uh, there was a young woman in Iran who was killed. Her name was Massa Amini. She oh, was yes. killed um, merely for having a few strands of her hair exposed. Yep. And her killing sparked the biggest protests in Iran in over a decade. And people are in the streets of Iran chanting Zan Zendegi Azadi, which means woman, life, freedom. And the community here has been deeply activated. There are protests every sunday in irvine on the corner around the street from where i live the iranian community is out hundreds of people still 10 months later sunday after sunday protesting to draw attention to what's happening in iran and i kind of i looked at the legislature i realized there are no iranians in the california state legislature in a state with the largest diaspora of iranians outside of iran and the community is deeply activated around a civil rights movement at the same time as when right here at home, we're seeing these threats to our civil liberties happening in real time. And um, I looked at Orange County and I realized we'd never elected an openly LGBTQ legislator from Orange County. And I just decided, you know, Senator Dave Min is the current state senator representing the district. He's running for Congress. And I just decided if I represent this sort of diverse intersectional perspective, and I think I can bring progressive good policies to people and help make life better for people that I should step up to the plate and run. I'll also be considerably younger than the average of the California state legislator legislature. I love it. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a problem. It's a problem. I think we need fresh new leadership yeah. in government because so much of our government is frankly broken and stalemated. And even with, you know, a democratic supermajority in the California state legislature, we still can't get good we, we've got some good climate bills come out of the legislature, but we've, we're not going fast enough. We don't have good uh, policies to support affordable housing here. We are, we're not meeting the moment on a lot of issues. So I decided to step up to the plate and, and uh, 
That's well, kind of the origin story of this wild so ride. So you I'm must on. be em- employed. Yes. Brain surgery or? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's How did you cool. know? <laughs> yeah. It's a real delicate job, uh, yeah. brain surgery. Uh, I do civil service advocacy. So for the past 10 years, I've been investigating allegations of discrimination and sexual harassment. Oh, and, wow. Uh, getting discrimination out of the workplace. Yeah. I went to law school down the road from here at Chapman, graduated from there in 2011. That's a scary thought. What, law school? <laughs> no, Chapman. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but no. Well, but it can be they, got rid, they, they got rid of that uh, Eastman fellow. Yeah, so, it was very conservative there for a while, I know. Uh, fun story. Back in 2011, I wrote, a, as a just recent graduate of Chapman Law, I wrote a letter to the dean asking that they no longer employ uh, Mr. Eastman. Really? That took a lot of nerve. (laughs) Yeah, well, back back then he was writing um, academic pieces calling homosexuality the last indicia of barbarism. And as a young law student, I was... uh, I I, I just... If the law school had listened to me then... (laughs) But um, he turned out to be who he turned out to be, unfortunately. So, But it was a great law school, I will say. And uh, that was just one person. And the law school... Is a is a good law school and um, and well, I've known a lot of people from there that have that have gotten a degree in law there. Yeah, yeah, yes, John Eastman notwithstanding. <laughs> so that that was your moment when you thought, well, listen, if that we have a community here that's being proactive for a country that's on the other side of the globe, mm-hmm. uh, yet that group is not represented very strongly in uh, California. Yeah, and that, also, that was some motivation. And also, I just really think our elected officials should be representatives of our communities that are born and raised in these communities, who understand the communities, and uh, who want to make change for people and make make good policy for people that helps people. So, I think we are lacking that a little bit <laughs> in our in our elected office. I also think our elected officials shouldn't take any money from fossil fuels industry, corporate PACs. And oh, well. these special interest groups. So I've pledged to take no money from any of those special now, interest groups. I will tell you, when I went to college, uh, I got involved in, in student government, and I got on the Environmental Action Committee chairman, you know. Come on, Environmental Action <laughs> Committee, the EAC. <laughs> and that was a few years ago. That was a, about the time of Silent Spring was a, was a in pub, big deal. and uh, And I thought then... This was, I hate to say, in the 70s, I thought then our future was pretty bleak. Mm. See, I was uh, eight years old riding my bike down in Woodbridge to Alderwood Basics Plus Elementary School. And remember getting instruction on climate change as just at just eight. And now I'm <coughs> 38 and <laughs> I, I, I drive down the same stretch of road yeah. and I look around and I realize it's 30 years later. It's 30 wow. years later. And we don't have EVs on the road. We don't have charging ports and stations in these communities. We don't have solar panels anywhere in these communities. We are really not meeting the moment on climate change. And we are seeing, we, are record, we have record temperatures. This is the hottest summer on yep. record. And it's global. And it's going to continue to get worse. And we need to protect these communities. We live in such a beautiful place. We live in the envy of the world here in Orange County right. and to not protect the beauty and the vitality and the sustainability of this community is, is uh, enough enough. There was a quote that I suggested to the Laguna Canyon Conservancy that 
Unfortunately, it didn't get in their, their brochure, but maybe it will. But it said, uh, one individual, don't assume that, that others will take care of the needs that you need to take care of because they won't. And I, and I thought, something to that effect, you know. Don't assume that it, these things will be taken care of. Uh, and I honestly, unfortunately, they, they don't get taken care of as and, we can. And that is because, and I'm going to... Yeah. Say something controversial here. Uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> but spoiler alert: that's because people, elected officials from both parties. I'm sorry, everybody, but from both parties, take money from the fossil fuels industry, and that's why we haven't seen progress yeah. happen as fast as we need it. And well, in a state like California, because listen, the federal government is gridlocked, right? We have a house that flips back and forth. We have the Supreme Court that's stacked by unpopularly mm-hmm. elected presidents. Go on. And uh, <laughs> this anti-democratic filibuster in the U.S. Senate, right? Which really... Uh, Alex, I majority. love you. I gotta say. <laughs> so listen, that's part of the reason why I wanted to run for the state legislature, because I realized we are not going to get the policy we need out of the federal government. That's It's a pipe dream. We Gotta are, go local. We have to go to well, the state legislature where we're not bound by those anti-democratic tools and get good policy passed. But we got to make sure we elect officials in the state who don't take money from problematic special interest groups. I, um, I wrote a white paper some time ago about uh, geothermal energy mm. because it, is, it could answer everyone's problems in, in a heartbeat. And there's a, there is a uh, company up in Canada now that's really... It would push solar off the map. It would push hydroelectric and nuclear off the map if this, if it can be addressed. And it does sound like it can be addressed. And I could go on, but um, uh, I'll just let's say fracking was a very controversial, uh, horrible thing. But we learned so much about fracking that can be applied to geothermal in a way that doesn't harm the environment. But there's such a bad connotation with it, it's hard to get anything done or any support behind it, unfortunately. So, but but I I guess I'm addressing what you're saying about the fossil fuel industry just has done everything. It's it's like the cigarette, R.J. Reynolds and all the other companies. What they the cigarette lobbies did when well well smoking's not really bad for you, you know. It's okay if you you know. All that stuff to mint so they could continue to sell uh, cigarettes, and eventually, what the way it got, uh, it got, uh, they got added was to say that you have some responsibility, uh, li- liability is what it was that you know. So they had to pull back and run ads and all that other stuff. So anyway, I, dig- I digress. But I want, I, I speaking of solar, mm-hmm. I want to turn, I want uh, Laguna Beach to go off grid. How about that? Wow. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> the whole city. Yeah. And when they have a brownout in Orange County mm-hmm. and the rest of the county and Laguna is over here, mm-hmm. you know, this mm-hmm. is cool. I just think, you know, it's a good idea <laughs> for not just because, you know, it's not just a good idea for climate change, right? It's also yeah. good foreign policy to no longer be reliant on foreign Exactly, oil, exactly. Know, to bring costs down for consumers. It has a lot of positive well, uh, impacts beyond just, you know, the positive impacts for our climate and i think this is a socio-global uh, political issue and we don't want to be reliant on russia for our for our oil no, or anyone or our neighbors anyone this way i look at the power of electric vehicles you are becoming totally independent you can have your vehicle charged off the own your own solar system and not be connected to anything 
and not worry about the prices of gas or oil or any other other part of it and and have that independence so if the gas and oil economy fail or fall apart it doesn't matter to you you got your car you got your solar panel it's 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 providing all your needs and bring costs down it brings costs down for the consumer and that's the most important thing with all these rising costs and our, our wages being what they are stagnant it's good economic policy and, you know, ultimately, we have to build out a clean energy infrastructure and we have to build a clean energy economy here in Orange County. And it's really not happening quite fast enough. And I'm going to bring mm-hmm. money back to this district for us to support clean energy, a clean energy economy. And I want to center fossil fuels workers because I don't think it's fair to transition to this clean no, energy economy true. and leave them behind. So I want to make sure we get them the training and pipe a pipeline for them to come into these clean energy jobs where they get their pay matched and that they have a home somewhere to land. I don't want to leave behind our workforce and that they sh- those should be good union jobs that they work right here in Orange County that also revitalizes the Orange County economy. Yeah. So um, I'm going to center environmental justice. Well, you're a scary person with all that stuff, man. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, there, uh, let's get a few housekeeping things. Mm-hmm. Alex, if someone, you know, uh, wants to help and they mm-hmm. believe in your cause, which yeah. I very much do, um, how could they, what can they do and how can they fit in? Well, I would love for your listeners to chip in and donate. It's a grassroots campaign. I said we haven't uh, taken any money from fossil fuels or corporate PACs or corporate healthcare lobbies. Really? So so far, we've raised the money just grassroots through small dollar donations. And if your listeners want to support, they can visit at alex4ca.com and chip in what they can. Is it the number four, Alex? Nope, spelled out, alex4ca.com. That's easy. Yeah, and I didn't use Mohajer in the URL because I didn't (laughs) want to confuse people. No. So I thought alex4ca was easy for people. So please chip in what you can. We're entirely grassroots. We've already raised six figures just through grassroots donations in the last couple months. So there's a lot of momentum, but we got to raise probably about half a million dollars for this race because there's so many voters in the district. And almost all that money is going to go to direct voter contact. Just getting out there, talking to voters about what we're going to accomplish. Wow. Yeah. Um, and you might be available to, in other forums, to speak your... your. Uh... Yeah, I'll be doing a, a candidate forum in Laguna Woods on Tuesday night. Oh, cool. And then on August 3rd in Irvine, I'll be doing a candidate forum there as well. And the, all the information for those, if people want to attend, will be at the, my website as well, alexforca.com. All right. Um and if you, if you, uh, also this podcast will be available on KXFM Radio on the main website, as well as on rainbow-radio.org, which is a website I maintain. And I can be reached at uh, Craig at rainbow-radio.org. Uh, if you have a message or commentary about today's program, that would be it. Would be nice to hear from my listeners on that. Um, we only have just a few minutes left, and I don't even have a song available to queue up to, to wrap it up. But uh, Alex, what is there anything we you um, we're missing? What am I am I missing anything here? No, I mean I I'm really it's a, been a really powerful experience so far, really gratifying. Um, just so much positive feedback, and I think the the 
bit that's been most touching is when LGBTQ people, Iranians or Middle Eastern LGBTQ people have reached out to me on social media to just to say that they saw my campaign video and it facilitated a discussion with their family and their family was really excited about me. And um, it's been really powerful. And I'm just really hoping to make good, positive change for these communities and to represent them. I... um well, I hope you come to our Laguna Beach Pride event on August 12th, which I should mention is coming up. And it's a big deal. Uh, we have a, a, a Lang Park here, which the city's never uh, before allowed an organization to utilize a public space like that. So they really came through for us, and uh, we're working out all the details with that. So that's Laguna Beach Pride, August 12th. Um, the... I and there's so many things that are boiling in my brain here that I would let, love to get out there in front of you. And I'm sure once we're off the air, I'll think, why didn't I ask Alex this or Alex that? So I did look up to see how uh, you've run for Senate. Did you? You've probably been through that process. And they have to they have to verify, you know, lots of stuff. <laughs> they do a background checks. So you have to do submit this, submit that. And you have to have a, I think it was like, when all added up, like, well, it wasn't a lot of money, but it was less than five thousand dollars or something like that to file for to run, right? Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot. Running for office is hard, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I sort of um, I you had have, to get signatures. Yeah, I have people who are helping with that. I've got lots of support. So my campaign manager is a young uh, Pakistani man who's just joined on. I have a consultant who's. Um, Iranian and um, worked on a lot of Orange County campaigns, and so I've got I've got a team and a lot of support, which is great. All right, and I have a treasurer who handles all of the money, so I don't. I'll have to be worry careful about with him. that one. <laughs> <laughs> He's a professional, so okay. <laughs> so you know, we're I'm very well supported, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot to do, yeah. and you know, I can't afford to be a full time candidate, so I still work. Yeah, and, um, I'm wondering about that. I, I that brain surgery it yeah. takes a lot of time. Those brains need a lot of work. <laughs> so um, you know, I, I I don't have I. That's another problem is our our elected officials tend to be wealthy people, and um, we don't have a lot of working class folks who yeah. run for office because they can't afford to. So well, Katie Porter, right? Yeah, you know she's an example. Yeah, um, but um, you know it's fewer and farther between yeah. than we would hope. And really, yeah. it should be representatives from the community. And right. it shouldn't be just uh, rich people who can afford to run. Oh, I want to be optimistic. To th- everyone is very critical of social media and, and uh, you know, what the, how it can poison so many things. But I want to be optimistic to say mm-hmm. that I feel like social media also brings a tremendous amount of transparency. Mm-hmm. And if someone has bad behavior, it, uh, like maybe Chapman president, you know, mm-hmm. it, it got brought to the forefront. Uh, I'm, I have to say probably some social media had something to do with that. Mm-hmm. So while there's a, down, a huge downside with social media and, and it can be propagandized, it also can uh, bring some transparency to a lot of things that need to be seen and very quickly. Yeah. Because I think in the old days, if someone did a misdeed, it could go buried for years mm-hmm. and not be people not be aware of it. Um, but now... It, that's not the case. Everyone's got cell phones and photographs and <laughs> text messages and all that stuff that play to, to getting the 
clear message out. Yeah, definitely. And it's also just facilitates connection. You know, I'm able to connect with more voters through social media and just doing outreach on there and give people a opportunity to learn about me and meet me, which is sort of, it's sort of, it's a powerful tool. It's a powerful tool for connection and information. I am very concerned about how it's been used to propagandize and propagate misinformation and that can be a a really problematic global issue ongoing Uh, yeah so well i gotta say tune in i got for next week uh i don't have a guest next week but do have guests coming up i just want to thank alex so much for being here thank you so much i dearly appreciate and boy you're i i feel like what you're stepping into here uh it's kind of like okay i'm (laughs) i'm gonna give this a shot and I uh, hope that it works out. All works out, and I honestly hope it works out. If if I, if we can have you back, or if we there's another opportunity, I would just I'd love to to support you however we can. You I'll know? tell you what, Craig, we're going to win this race. <laughs> we're going to win this win this race. I feel the wind on our backs. I just feel like we're meeting the moment, and it's well, a it's a we effort, and it's a community effort. So I just want to encourage all your listeners to chip in wow. or visit us and join this campaign at alexforca.com and march 2024 is the primary and it's i'm very excited because we're going to make history in this district <laughs> well thanks again alex for being here and we will we will get you back as soon as we can this is craig on kxfm 104.7 here in laguna beach laguna beach the voice of laguna beach the voice of the community thank you for tuning in thank you craig all right